We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into the Super Wild Card Weekend edition of the Rotowire Sports Betting Pod. Nick Whale and John McKechnie here with you as we are every Thursday evening and will continue to be through the Super Bowl. We're not slowing down, John, just because the regular season is over. We're brought to you by Circa. Get ready for the ultimate big game parties at Circa Resort and Casino. Super Sunday, as you know, is in Las Vegas this year. You could watch the big game poolside at Stadium Swim's big game viewing party. Massive screen, booming game sound, and the view of the pyrotechnic and visual effects throughout the game. Snag the best seat in the sun with day beds, poolside boxes, cabanas, and more, or touchdown at the world's largest sports book, Circus Sports for the Big Game Bash. Three stories of football glory featuring a 78 million pixel screen. Book your seat with a variety of reservation options, including bottle service, open bar, stadium-style food, and more. Don't miss these legendary viewing experiences on February 11th. The Big Game Parties, only at Circus Resort and Casino. Reserve your spot today at CircaLasVegas.com. We're also brought to you by FanDuel. You've probably heard of FanDuel. If you're listening to a Roadwire podcast, you can tackle millions of prizes all playoffs long in FanDuel Fantasy Contest. If you're new to fantasy, there's no better time to get in on the action because right now, new customers get a 100% deposit match up to 100 bucks. So you put in 100 you get a free $100 from FanDuel. Got to use it on FanDuel, of course, before you withdraw, but still, heck of a deal. Playing fantasy, for huge cash prizes on FanDuel is fun and it's exciting. Just draft your lineup, watch your team, move up the leaderboard. I know you and I play on FanDuel all the time, John. Super, super oh, fun. Yeah. I do a contest with my friends every Sunday. It's just a great way to diversify. Everybody plays, you know, season-long fantasy. You got some betting and whatnot going, but, you know, why not add some DFS to the mix? Plus, on FanDuel, you can choose from a full slate of contests featuring multiple games, single-game contests, season-long best ball, beginner-only contests, which are great for learning the ropes and more. And when you win, you get paid right away instantly. So kick off the NFL playoffs with a 100% deposit match up to 100 bucks. Go to FanDuel.com to start playing for huge cash prizes today. All right. Those are, those are some longer reads uh, than normal, John. But we, we got to get our, our sponsorship obligations out of the way. Now we can talk some football. We got two games on Saturday, three games on Sunday, and then the granddaddy of them all, Eagles-Bucks on Monday Night Football. Let's start with Browns-Texans. We'll go chronologically through the board as we always do. Browns are two-point favorites on the road, John. Total 44-and-a-half. Where do you lean on this game? Well, I think I'm pretty aligned with where the public is on this one. I've said for weeks that I think the Browns are the most dangerous of the AFC teams playing in the wild card weekend. They've just been on a roll. That really, 
not only did they not slow down after the Deshaun Watson uh, seasoning ending injury, but they've played better. Like this is the best that they've looked uh, maybe like in their history, like si- since they came back in 99, like it, it, it's been crazy. Flacco just tap it, tapping back into, uh, you know, his crazy 2012 playoff run t- type of stuff. They're, they're throwing the ball a ton. David and Joku, uh, Amari Cooper should be good to go for this one. We know what he did. Uh, last time against the Texans a few weeks back uh, with just a monster performance in that one. It's the first playoff game for both D'Amico Ryans and CJ Stroud that, that bodes ill. I, I know that uh, we reference these guys every, every week because they, they do such a good job breaking it down. But over on the action network, they note that quarterbacks making their first playoff start against quarterbacks who have playoff experience. Joe Flacco has, I think 15 games worth uh, 17, 35 and one against the spread and 17 and 36 uh, straight up dating back to 2002. Um, so that those are some tough numbers staring Stroud and, and company in the face mm-hmm. here. Um, you worry about the the fact that the, the Texans may not be at full strength uh, on their defensive line. Uh, that's particularly problematic when you already have a, a good Browns offensive line. So even if those guys are all active, like Will Anderson, John Grenard, um, they, they might not be at their full uh, potential here. It's just going to be tough for, for the Texans. They are at home and everything, but I, I think there's a reason why they're home underdogs yeah. in this spot. Yeah, you mentioned some of the Flacco numbers versus, you know, first-time playoff quarterback. Flacco alone, 10-5 and five straight up in his postseason career, 11-4 and four against the number. I, I do think, you know, I, I don't think that you know, these teams are necessarily like, you know, five, five-and-a-half points apart, depending on, on what you think home field is worth, but – I, I don't think it's wrong if the Browns are favored here. And no. you know, I, I don't I don't necessarily know that going into Houston is a huge disadvantage. I, I do think this Browns team, you know, ironically would be built well to be playing in Buffalo or playing in Kansas City this weekend. But, you know, it, it's been the passing game, really, that's been the story since Joe Flacco has taken over. And I think getting this game in a dome in Houston, uh, you know, certainly Cleveland has the rest advantage after a pseudo bye week in week 18. You know, a lot of guys on that defense, especially, have kind of been banged up week to week. That gives them a chance to recover. And, you know, they should get Amari Cooper back in the mix, Elijah Moore. Both those guys are now off the injury report. And on the other side of things, I mean, Houston's obviously coming off of a must-win game in Week 18. I mean, their entire defensive line has been bagged up for several weeks now. We'll see you know, how, how many, if any, of those guys end up being ruled out in the receiving core. Noah Brown, I, I think, is a true 50-50 right now. We'll see. He's been very limited, if not practicing at all, for certain days this week. Robert Woods is considered questionable as well. And, and we, we've talked a lot about Houston missing Tank Dell. It's like if you're down Noah Brown or even Robert Woods, who I, I know has not been a huge factor for them, I, I, th- I think Houston needs to be at close to full strength to beat this Browns team. They, they do, and, and the fact that they, they very likely will not be, uh, that that's tough. You really are putting things on C.J. Stroud's shoulders, in, and you don't expect them to have like a ton of uh, ability to take the pressure off of him with the run game because the Browns' run defense is strong. So – it's going to take really, I think, a Herculean effort for, from Stroud in this one. And, you know, we, you know, who thought that the Texans would even be here coming into this season or, or even sniffing the playoffs? Um, maybe even next year it would have considered been considered kind of a long shot. But, uh, you know, he's beaten the odds all year long. So I, th- I think that we do get set up with a really entertaining game. I, I hate that one of these teams doesn't get to advance because I'd love to see either of these guys in the divisional round against whomever. Um, but I do think that, you know, this is a spot where experience matters and, and momentum to an extent. 
you know, resting everyone last week, notwithstanding, I think Cleveland is just playing a, a superior brand of ball uh, at the right time of the year. So I, I think they're the squad here to, to back. Yeah, I'm on Cleveland as well. I do think we get a close game. You know, the, the Herculean effort from Stroud is not out of the question. I, I think he's proven that he's he's certainly capable of a game like that. I, I kind of feel the same way about, you know, Jordan Love and the Packers. Like, if they're going to hang around with Dallas, it's going to take a Herculean Jordan Love game. And he's had a few of those down the stretch. So I, I'm certainly not writing off Houston. And I think what could, what could keep the Texans in the mix here is the turnovers for Cleveland. I think that's the one thing that, you know, as fun as this Joe Flacco run has been for the last five or six weeks, I mean, he's got multiple turnovers in just about every game that he started. So I, I think if, if Flacco you know, throws two or three picks, obviously Houston's going to be able to hang around. So that would be that would kind of be the one key for me for the Houston Texans. Uh, let's go to Dolphins Chiefs. This is a night game on Saturday. And I think we have to start with the weather here, John. We do. It's uh, so you, you live in Wisconsin. I've lived in Wisconsin. Uh, it's cold uh, in the Midwest at this time of year. It's a different type of cold in Kansas City. But uh, if you've not been living under a rock this week. You're, you're well aware of the just sort of end of times level um, temperatures that we're going to be seeing at Arrowhead uh, this weekend. You know, it's going to be like, I think sub zero as far as the real temperature and, you know, the wind yep. chill could, could get down to like the, you know, the minus 30 range, something crazy like that. So a bit frosty, um, definitely going to, going to want to bring your hand warmers uh, in your fanny packs. If you're Tua and, and you're Patrick Mahomes, but you know, I, I hate to, you know, just give the basic, basic take, but it's really tough to trust Miami in cold weather uh, in, in January, having to go there. And I think, you know, this is really punishment for the way that they squandered the division, right? Like, yeah. you know, they, they were so well set up. I, I don't remember exactly what, what the odds were, you know, at, at like week 11, week 12, something like that for them to win the East. But they, they must have been just, you know, almost – you know, minus a thousand, something like that. And for them to uh, have the chance to, despite all their misgivings late in the season, uh, they still had a chance to, to lock up the number two seed and all importantly, a home playoff game uh, in Miami. They let, they let the Bills go in there, do their thing once again. Uh, real kind of like stark contrast where you did expect Josh Allen to deliver the big moment in that game. And then on the other side, when, when the Dolphins got the ball back uh, with a chance to tie the game, at any point, did you feel like Tua had it in him to bring them back? I did not, John. I did not. No. So that I mean that that bodes ill. I think that the fact that they're kind of stumbling uh, into the postseason is tough. And I know that you know the Chiefs haven't looked nearly to the level that we saw last year, or really for for the majority of the Patrick Mahomes era. But I still think that they are the the superior side to to back here. Um, I, I think the one X factor, the one kind of path. Uh, that the Dolphins could have to to making this interesting is if basically McDaniel has to decide to take the ball out of Tua's hands a little bit here. I know that's kind of counter to their DNA because they've gotten by on the explosive passing game so much, but their run game on an efficiency basis has been the best in the league. It's like 5.1 yards per carry. Uh, that's unbelievable efficiency at the NFL level. If, if Mostert and Achan were at 100% for, for this one, I'd feel a little bit better, but I still feel like they will be effective on the work that they get, but if they start to fall behind, they're not going to have that luxury of being able to run the ball and things could get out of hand uh, for the Dolphins, who also are, are critically banged up on the defensive side of the ball here. So oddly enough, I feel like running it is the way for, for Miami to yeah. stay competitive in this one. I just am skeptical that they're going to stick to that uh, formula and that game plan, depending on how the game goes. And if this Chiefs offense wakes up, 
they, they get behind Tua feels the pressure and, you know, things get, get uh, unraveled quickly for the dolphins. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. See, I don't even know if Kansas City has to wake up here. And, you know, I, I think the weather really, really helps Kansas City, right? I mean, this is kind of a, a worst-case scenario spot for Miami when you factor that in. I mean, this is going to be the coldest game that Tua's played in by, like, a good 30 degrees. And that's before even factoring in the wind chill. We're just talking, like, the normal temperature. And, you know, it could be negative 10, negative 20 type of wind chill when we get to 9, 10 o'clock at Kansas City on, on Saturday night. And, you know, I would love to pick Miami to, to beat Kansas City because I – I think the Chiefs are as vulnerable as they've ever been, right? And, you know, I, I think the, the way things are kind of lining up for them, I think they can grind this game out. I don't think they need to solve anything. I don't even know if it's possible to solve, you know, a, a bad passing offense when it's negative 20 degrees out. Like, it, it just might be a rock fight type of game. So I, I actually think Miami can hang around and maybe cover, but that's partially because I don't think Kansas City's putting up, like, 28, 31 points. You know, I, I could see this being, like, a 21-17 type of game where, it, you know, Kansas City catches a couple breaks at home late. You know, Patrick Mahomes does Patrick Mahomes things. But I don't see the Chiefs like running away with this. I don't. I don't. I think when it's so cold and, and the elements kind of standardize things, it's tough to to really feel great about one side or the other. But 
obviously, you know, if you were making a list of teams that would struggle in these conditions, Miami's probably number one on that list. They, they absolutely are. And, uh, you know, I think I think it's interesting also that uh, this game opened as the Chiefs' as three-point favorites, and we're looking yep. at four and a half now. Right. So that, right, I mean, Steelers relative Bills. to the other oh, games, yeah. Uh, like relative to the other uh, games on, on this slate, I think that that, that might be the, the most movement that we've seen as far as the point spread is concerned. And, and certainly uh, coming into this one, we wouldn't have expected this to have the second lowest total um, on the slate, but the, the weather obviously right. playing a huge role in that as well. Yeah. I mean, you also forget this is Tua's first playoff game, right? I mean, he's, he's been in our lives for so long. He's, he's not a rookie by any means, but he's never started the playoff game. It was Skylar Thompson last year. So that stat that you brought up, you know, of you know, quarterbacks who played in the playoffs versus quarterbacks who haven't, that applies here as well. Uh, all right, Steelers-Bills. We have had a little line movement here. I'm seeing nine and a half at the DraftKings Sportsbook. It had been sitting at 10 for most of the week. Uh, another game where weather will, will play a key factor. And, you know, I think we, we still need to wait uh, another day or two to see exactly what's going to be going on in Buffalo. But it's not going to be good, John. Uh, it's not going to be good. This is a noon game on Sunday. Uh, it's going to be more of a wind game than a cold game. I mean, it's, it's supposed to be around 22, 25 degrees in the afternoon in Buffalo. That's you know, about right for this time of year. But we're looking as of right now at 20 to 25 mile per hour sustained winds. And as you know, John, wind, it tends to gust. So it's going to be above that at times. Uh, how do we factor that in here? You know, I, I know I just said, you know, these, these elements that can kind of standardize things. Uh, does, does this play into Pittsburgh's favor at all? Um, well, the, the less that they have to rely on Mason Rudolph, the better. Um, and I think you have a stable in, in uh, Najee Harris, who actually ran quite well um, to, to close the season, and Jalen Warren, who uh, is like everybody's favorite backup running back. So uh, if they can get that established, I, I think that that, that certainly uh, bodes well for them. And, and Buffalo, you know, the weather and a game like this last year was kind of their undoing, their inability to, to run the football. But James Cook has been much better th this year as, as a pure runner. Uh, they have Leonard Fournette to kind of push the pile, uh, do that bobsled play that they did a million times uh, last week against the Dolphins. So there, there's that. I think Josh Allen might be a little bit more willing to, to go as a runner. And if he's you know running it a bunch and he's getting tackled by, by defensive backs, like I think as the game wears on, like he, he has that same effect as like a grinding running back where it's like it, it's frigid temperatures and you got this big dude who's pretty fast, just, just bowling you over every single time. I think that that's going to have a cumulative effect a little bit. And then also we all know the splits when it comes to Pittsburgh sans TJ Watt, they're not pretty if you, if you're in on Pittsburgh. So I, I think that you have to worry about their defense slipping a little bit and the defense was going to be the thing that they needed to hang their hat on to stay competitive in this game with no Watt. I think it makes plenty of sense as to why this is a double digit spread at some books uh, a little surprised to see it come back down. Uh, maybe there's just some, you know, general public volume coming in on, on the Steelers, but it's about 50-50 split as far as the, the DraftKings Sportsbook uh, is concerned. I think, th I think the Bills do end up covering this one. Traditionally, uh, teams that, that, have, that are heavy favorites in the playoffs, especially in the wild card round, uh, they, they not only tend to win, but they tend to cover as well. Very true. Very true. And I, I feel the same way. And, <laughs> Yeah, this, this game is in some ways, you know, mirrors the Miami KC game in, in another aspect, which is like, I just, I don't think Buffalo deserves to be in the divisional round. Like, I don't think KC does either. They haven't played well enough. And I think both teams ended up with a pretty nice draw here as the two and the three seeds. And in all likelihood, I see them meeting up in Buffalo in the divisional, which will be, you know, a monster game, obviously, but it'll, it'll feel different, right? Because neither of these teams uh, are playing at the level that we expected. But 
I just I don't think Pittsburgh's a very good team. I think asking Mason Rudolph to try to throw the ball in 35 mile an hour gusts is just not going to go very well. And I, I think both teams are going to try to control it on the ground. I think Buffalo's going to end up doing a better job of that. I, I would not be surprised if Pittsburgh covers again same logic as we talked about with Miami and KC. This could be a very low scoring game, right? And and sometimes we expect that and it goes the other way, but. I think both teams are going to be, you know, long drives, keep the ball on the ground. Clock's going to be running. I, I don't see Buffalo, you know, running away with this game necessarily. And I don't, I don't know that they're capable of that. Much like Kansas City, you know, Buffalo's on a, in terms of wins and losses, yeah, they, they finished the season strong, five in a row. But other than that Dallas win in week 15, it's like you squeaked by the Chargers, you squeaked by the Patriots in the game you probably should have lost. Even the Miami game trailed for most of it. Wasn't very convincing last week in a spot where Miami's super banged up. So, um, yeah, I, I think I still think Buffalo's a little overvalued. I just don't I don't trust the Pittsburgh Steelers to get this done. So I, I absolutely love Buffalo to win it straight up. I, I don't I don't know that I would play it, though. Uh, I wouldn't play it at 10 at nine and a half. It's a little bit more appealing. Uh, I will say Najee Harris, uh, you can get the his rushing attempt prop is at 15 and a half. I like that. I feel like we're being baited because he had he's had like 53 carries over the last two games. I just, I, you know, even if this turns into a situation where Pittsburgh's trailing and they have to, like, can you throw? Like, is that even an option, right? Like, I, I still think they're going to have to try to climb back into this game on the ground if they do fall behind. No, I, I think so. Like, you, you can't, you cannot abandon the run if, if Mason Rudolph is your quarterback. You, you need to, to keep that uh, in the mix. And, you know, Buffalo, I don't think they have the best, like, run defense, linebacking core, what, what have you. I think that, like, going the physical route with them, a la what Cincinnati did last year, I think is the way to go. So if they, if they can get that, you know, going early and continue that through the game, then they, they have a puncher's chance of keeping this close. But but a win, uh, I, I really don't expect that. I, I think that there's a good reason why the, the Steelers enter the playoffs with the longest Super Bowl odds by like a pretty wide margin uh, over at the FanDuel Sportsbook, uh, plus 13,000 to, to uh, hoist the Lombardi Trophy. And uh, yeah, I think that, that uh, definitely checks out. All right, let's go to the afternoon and the night games on Sunday. These are the two that I'm looking most forward to, and we'll start with Packers-Cowboys. Cowboys Cowboys are seven-point favorites right now at DraftKings. It was up at seven and a half uh, earlier this week, so maybe a little bit of movement there, but it's held pretty steady. Um, We've we've seen the Cowboys falter in the playoffs before. We've seen it against Green Bay. Obviously, that was a a much different version of the Packers, but I I think this game will be contrary to, to the first three on Super Wild Card Weekend. We had a total at 50 and a half. Uh, I mean, that's a, that's a good 15 points higher than Steelers bills. I, I think we get points. I really do. I don't, I still don't trust the green Bay defense. You know, you got to tip your cap. We were both on Chicago last week. I love the bears to win that game. I, I thought this would be kind of a, a, a re-exposing of Joe Barry, if you will. It was not, uh, it was, it was a game that both teams, you know, have long drives. Like Chicago only had six drives on the afternoon, which is crazy. Right. I mean, like Whoa. that's, if you could, if you could shorten the game to that degree, then yeah, yeah that, that's going to play into green Bay's favor because I think the more opportunities you give a team, especially like Dallas at home, you know, against that defense, eventually it's going to break. I, I don't think that the Packers have found some sort of miracle cure for what's just been a, a terrible defense for most of the season. So what what is the uh, the pulse of the of the Packers nation up there right now? How is everybody feeling after winning the last two games of the season, finding their way into the playoffs, especially like after things seem to be like hanging in the balance a little bit? You lose that Monday night game to the Giants. Um, you know, all of a sudden that all that momentum uh, that, that you had built up through November and early December go, goes out the window a little bit. But last two weeks, pretty convincing stuff. I mean, what? how, how are the people feeling up there? 
the people that I've talked to, I think everybody's been very surprisingly reasonable. I don't, there's nobody's expecting the Packers to go into Dallas and win this game. You know, I, I think those, the Giants game, the Bucks game, even the, even the Carolina game that they won, like that, that felt the dirtiest of them all. Yeah. Uh, those games, <laughs> you know, they were, they were within the last month. Like those are still fresh in the memory. Um, you know, I, I think this season was all about identifying whether or not Jordan Love is the guy. I think he's answered that about as, as affirmatively as he could. So that's, that's the real win. You know, I, I think just making the playoffs feels like a victory, which, I mean, this is the first time that the Packers are playing a playoff game in, what, 20, 30 years where it feels like you're playing with house money. Uh, so mm-hmm. it's, it's a weird contrast because, you know, these games have been do or die in the state of Wisconsin for so long. And it's kind of relaxing, I think, in some ways to be able to go into a game and say, yeah, if we, if we get beat by 20, that's kind of what we expected. That's what the Cowboys do at home. Uh, with that said, I mean, it's, it's hard not to be optimistic about this offense right now. Um, you know, I, the defense is where people are still very skeptical. I don't know anybody who is like jumped back on it and like, you know what, Joe Barry, he's actually pretty good. All right. We've, we've been wrong for the last three months. Uh, I, I think there's that, that fear that, you know, the defense is still ready to collapse at any moment, but you know, it, not only Jordan love playing well, but being able to, you know, unearth the performances that they have out of Bo Melton and Dontavian Wicks and Jaden Reed. And, you know, like Christian Watson has not played in weeks. Romeo Dobbs has just not really been much of a contributor and it just hasn't mattered. So I think there's a lot of there's a lot of tangible excitement about the future. And there's a belief that if you get one of those, you know, dare I say, wacky Dak Prescott games that anything could happen here, because I, I do think Dallas is going to struggle to stop Green Bay. Like the way they're playing offensively, I think the Packers could could score, you know, 24, 28 points. The problem is, I think Dallas is scoring 30 plus. Right, exactly. So I think um, that, that Dak Prescott uh, angle is the important one, because we, as we've talked about through, throughout this podcast, you know, you had first time playoff starter versus someone with the experience Dak Prescott, like his playoff experience, like almost works against him in, in this case, it feels yeah. like, you know, like it, he has it's not like been Hogan. overly imp- right. It, it just hasn't been impressive from him in, in the postseason for, for the most part, except like against the ghost of Tom Brady last year, maybe. But um, yeah, I, th- I think bottom line here, the, the Packers defense probably isn't going to be able to slow down Dallas over the course of four quarters, but I think Dak Prescott could help, uh, keep the Packers in, and I and I do expect the Packers, uh, especially with the way their passing game is going. As long as the the pass rush for Dallas isn't getting home constantly and just you know ending drives with sacks, um, I, I do expect the Packers to keep pace. Um, I think they are one of my favorite underdogs to cover uh, th- this weekend. And yeah, I mean if if I can catch this at seven and a half, uh, I definitely like the Packers. Yeah, seven and a half. That's where I'd lean. At seven, I, I still like Dallas. I know that's maybe a bit of a fallacy, but I, I think Dallas is going to is going to score enough points that Green Bay ultimately can't keep up. But I, I think we get a fun competitive game. I, it's going to be a nice, uh, you know, kind of contrast to what we see on Saturday and, and early on Sunday. Rams Lions, John. This is the night game on Sunday, and this is the one I am most excited for. I think this is going to be an, an awesome showdown. It's in Detroit, highest total of the week, fifty-one and a half. Uh, still awaiting, you know, definitive word on on Sam Laporta. That's obviously a huge one for Detroit. Did not practice yesterday. Did not practice today. I, I will be surprised if he's out there. I think Dan Campbell is, you know, maintaining eternal optimism as he typically does. I just I don't think they're going to have Laporta. I will say, even before that injury, I, I like the Rams here. I, I think this is the spot. You know, it's a little concerning to me that like everybody we've talked to on the radio show this week feels the same way. It's becoming a little too trendy for for my liking, but. I think the Rams are the better team. I think both of these teams are super balanced. You know, they could both kill you on the ground. They, they both have playmakers through the air. But I, I liked the Rams playmakers more coming into the week. And now if you take Laporta out of the equation, plus, plus Khalif Raymond, you know, one of their depth receivers, he's not going to play. All of a sudden, you know, you got Amon Ross St. Brown. That's great. You don't have a whole lot else. And, you know, on the other side, you got 
arguably the best receiver duo in the league. I, I don't think it would be my number one, but it's in the conversation. Cup and Dakua, um, you know, Kyron Williams, David Montgomery, you know, maybe that kind of cancels out in some ways. Obviously, Jameer Gibbs is still there for Detroit, but um, I, I think this is going to be an uphill battle for the Lions. And, you know, I, I, I trust their defense a little bit less than I do the Rams. Neither have been good. Uh, but I, I think this I think that we're, we're bound for a shootout here. I think so too. The the total certainly agrees with you, and I hope that this one lives up to to that billing. I mean, fifty one and a half. Uh, if we get the over in that one, then then we'll have had a good Sunday night before even you know getting to to the result. I go back and forth on this one. I think you lay out a great case uh, for for the Rams, Stafford. You know the the kind of proverbial homecoming uh, Lions. This is their first home playoff game since nineteen ninety three. I want to say. Um, So, you know, a a lot of storylines in this one, very befitting of catching the the Sunday night time slot. I want to lean Detroit, though. Um, I I think that them being at home, crazy environment, um, the the Laporta thing stinks. But I I think that there's still kind of like the requisite speed on that uh, Detroit offense. You have a good offensive line that that should be able to, to give Goff enough time to operate. And you have, you know, a guy like Jamison Williams who has game-breaking speed, Jameer Gibbs, if he can get to the edge regularly, um, I think that presents a pretty big problem uh, for the Rams. So I think that the t- the offensive line and the team speed um, uh, of the Lions is going to be the thing that, that gives them uh, the the edge offensively. Uh, defensively, like you said, I mean, the, the Lions have been very easy to pick on, especially through the past. That's a, a huge problem when you're facing a team like the Rams that, that has that, that, um, that killer combo of Cup and Nakua, but I don't know. There, there's just something about it. I, I'm feeling Dan Campbell getting the win in, in uh, his first uh, playoff game. It's interesting to me that 76% of the money is coming in on, on the Rams. I mean, that, that and I definitely understand that that angle, but I'm just going to kind of stand, try to stand firm, dig my heels in and say, uh, one pride, Lions do it. Okay. I mean, to me, it comes down to like, you're giving me points with the Rams. I think even in Detroit, you know, both these teams play indoors. I, I don't think that really helps or hurts either side. Like I think these teams are close to dead even. And if you're giving me three points with the Rams, that's the way I'll lean. All due respect to Dan Campbell, I think the Rams have the coaching advantage. I think they have the quarterback advantage. They most certainly have the experience advantage. And it, it's just it's a weird spot for for Jared Goff, right? I, I think th- this game will tell us a lot about him. And I, it's not like his whole career comes down to whether or not you know he plays well uh, on Sunday. But it could go one of two ways, right? It's either a revenge game against the team that basically booted you after you didn't play well in the Super Bowl. Or, you know, it's a, okay, man, this, this is the team that didn't want me. And, you know, I had a chance to, to show them and I didn't. And I, I just, it, again, it can always go either way with Jared Goff. You never know. And I, 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 again, I think both teams play well. I'm not saying this is going to be a Rams romp by any means, but I, I think when push comes to shove, especially if Laporta's not out there and, you know, if we get, there's been so many Lions games this year. Last week was one of them where it's, you know, you look at the drive chart, it's like touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. Like if they get involved in a, in a touchdown off, with the Rams, I, I think the Rams are the team that I want. They, they have more options. They, they definitely do. Um, you know, the Cup and Nakua is just su- such a scary combo against that that secondary. Um, you know, the, the Rams, for, for their part, um, it, if Laporte is out, you know, they, they can kind of allocate more resources to, to stopping the, the middle of the field where, where Amon Ross St. Brown is, is camping out a lot of the time. If, if they can hold Amon Ross St. Brown like under – 80 yards in this one um, and, and no touchdowns, like then I think the, the Lions are in trouble. I think he's a huge factor in this one uh, in order for the for the Lions to, to go ahead and get this win, get this cover. Uh, if he gets slowed down, 
they're in trouble, but I'm not, I'm not completely convinced that the Rams have the personnel to make that happen. Eagles bucks. This is the Monday night special uh, game is in Tampa. Bucks are three point home dogs. 44 is our total. I, I wrote this week, John, in, in beating the book. I think this is the, the most confounding game to me on the slate. No, no result would really surprise me here. You could obviously the way the Eagles have played for the last six weeks, they could completely no show this game. It could be the end of Nick Sirianni. And we think about this team completely differently going forward. Or I could see this being a spot where, you know, either the Eagles kind of come back to semi-reality, you know, the team that they were early in the season and, and kind of exert their will now that they're a little bit healthier. Uh, the more likely scenario to me is, again, much like I, I think Kansas City will do to Miami and Buffalo will do to Pittsburgh. I think the Eagles grind out a win. I think we look at it and say, man, I still just don't really think this team is that good. Uh, but I, I don't really trust Tampa Bay here. I, I don't know that Baker Mayfield's fully healthy. I, I think they obviously big win, I guess, <laughs> over Carolina last week. That was about as uninspiring as it possibly could have been. Um, I, I will say I like the over in this game, even though both play, both quarterbacks are not playing that well. These are two of the top four teams in terms of receiving yardage allowed this season, like both secondaries hemorrhage yards. So I, especially if A.J. Brown looks like A.J. Brown and, and doesn't show the ill effects of whatever injury that was last week. Um, I, I actually think this could be, I wouldn't go as far as to say a shootout, but a sneaky high scoring game. Right. They, at least relative to, to the total. Um, you know, I, I was shocked doing some research this week. You know, the Eagles allowed the third most points in the NFL this year. Dang. Uh, I mean, shocked based on how they finished. No. It, it, yeah, exactly. Like that, but like on paper, it just, it just doesn't add up. Like there's talent everywhere, except maybe you could argue the the linebacker spot, but um, it, it shouldn't be as, as bad as it's been for, for the Eagles, yep. but, um, you know, kind of gave them a chance la- last week with, with, um, you know, one more get right spot against the giants. They, they no showed that one. I'm not sure that they had the luxury uh, of doing that. I think they needed to have a little bit of positive tailwinds after the way that December went, um, to, to come into the playoffs with, but I, as, as gross as it is, you know, like it's a, it's, the NFC South generally is is like the the worst division winner that that gets to play in the postseason every single year, and the Bucks probably no different uh, in my opinion. But even still, I think the Bucks are a little plucky. I've said so all year. They haven't been great at covering at home. They've been better at that on the road. I know these two teams played earlier this season. I don't think that that game is particularly informative for for this one. But you know, bottom line, like you said, uh, both these defenses are, are leaky. In the secondary, Baker Mayfield gets an extra day to, to get that uh, ankle right. I think the Bucks can not only cover this one, but it, it wouldn't completely stun me if, if they win. It's it's less to do with the Bucks and more to do with the Eagles, but but even still, you'd have to give the, the Bucks credit if they were able to pull this one off. But that's the way I'm leaning. I, I like the underdogs in this spot at home. I think if you're if you're taking the Bucks with the points. Honestly, I'd just take the money line. You know, it's like if they, if they can keep this to a, a one or a two point game, you know, it, I, I think they just probably win outright at that point if it's that close. So, yeah, I'm, I'm totally split on this one. I'm willing to hear you out. I was the only one in staff picks who took the Eagles. And I, like I said, I just really I didn't feel good about it. Yeah, it was almost a clean sweep on the Bucks, uh, but I you know laid it on the line there. I will say I dug up a good note uh, via ESPN this week. The Eagles are the sixth team in the Super Bowl era, John, to enter the playoffs on at least a six game ATS losing streak. Each of the previous five won their first playoff game that season. Oh, well, that's a, that's an interesting trend. I mean, it, yeah, I mean, it, would, would it completely shock you if the Eagles tapped back into their previous form? Like, no, and, and, and win that game. But 
I'm just going to go with, with um, you know, how things have gone with them. They are the only team, I think, to start out 10 and one and not reach 12 wins uh, yikes. like ever. So I think I mean, they that's... pushed out their win total, right? I think it was right at 10. Ooh, yikes. And, uh, I got last Sunday was brutal L- losing the bills under 10 and a half and um, a certain uh, AFC South champion future also going out the window, but I digress. Um, <laughs> look, Kill I will me. say, but, <laughs> but to, to, you know, bring the vibe back up mustache looking strong. This is as strong as it's looked. I do appreciate you saying that. Um, I have, I normally I would trim it a little bit more and, you know, we were, as you know, we're moving this week. So, you know, like hygiene has just been out the window, you know, like I, I don't even like half my stuff is at the new house. I've, I'm sitting in, you can probably hear the echo. I'm just in like an empty room. Um, so yeah, I haven't really had a chance to, you know, trim it up as I normally do, but it's, it's getting there. Um, uh, you know, eventually I'll, I'll get to your level. I, I always feel inferior when we do this pod and like, it looks better in person, I feel like. And then I get on camera and I'm like, Oh God, what am I doing? Here? Like, I, I just need to get rid of this thing altogether. Um, anyway, well, I think we're going to be split on that game. I, like I said, I, okay. I lean Eagles. It's like a, it's like a 52 48 game for me. Um, but I, obviously you could totally see Tampa Bay pulling the upset. I mean, I, I wrote in beating the book. I would pick the Eagles to lose to any other team in the NFC except for Tampa Bay, any other team in the playoffs. You know, I think Green Bay yeah. would be the Eagles. I do too. I, I absolutely yeah. do. So, the, I mean, this ends up being a good draw for, for the Eagles. What an ill-deserved good draw given how they ended the season there. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm not going to be surprised if Philly goes home sad on Monday night and they have a long, long offseason ahead of them if that's the case. Yeah. I mean, starting 10-1 and one after winning the NFC last year, Bowing out wild card weekend on Monday Night Football to the Bucks, like the the undercardest of undercard games this weekend. Tough. It it would be fitting though with how this Eagle season has gone, and like we, I know you and I, I think we do a pretty good job of not not driving too far down Narrative Street most weeks, but it would be a fitting end, right? I mean, it's it's kind of felt like the Eagles are careening toward a disaster wild card game this entire time. It, it does um, that they, they, you know, again, may, may not be fully healthy. We expect Devontae and, and AJ Brown to play, but are they going to be their, their normal selves? And I think the, the Bucks, like, I think they, they probably relish this opportunity. Ba- Baker certainly does that. You know, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, Godwin getting uh, like red hot down the stretch there. Like you have two really uh, legit threats against a secondary where the corners have basically aged out over the course of the season. Yeah, and by the way, Devontae Smith, full practice today. He looks like he's going to be good. A.J. Brown did not practice. So I, I think, you know, they're, they're, they're a day behind everybody else because they play on Monday. Right. So, you know, it's maybe not quite as important. But it's with, well within the realm of possibility that A.J. Brown could miss this game. I mean, I, we still haven't really gotten a ton of details as far as what exactly, you know, is going on with that knee. Um, all right, I'm going to give you a parlay of the week, John. I'm going to take the Kansas City Chiefs minus four and a half against Miami. I think they grind out an ugly win at home. Taking the Cleveland Browns money line, not messing around with the two points. We're just taking the money line, and we're taking the Rams money line as well. That's at plus one thirty-five right now at DraftKings. That gets us to almost seven to one, plus six seventy. Ooh, I, I do like that. I, I'm I'm in a, agreement with you on on each of those uh, plays. Of course, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out a, a, a normal uh, three leg parlay, and then uh, two optional. Uh, legs to to add on if if you so choose. Um, so for for me, it would be Kansas City minus four and a half, Green Bay plus seven and a half, and Detroit uh, minus three. That would get you your pretty standard uh, six to one. Some additions to to consider though, uh, you can add Cleveland on there at minus two and a half, and you can add the Bucks 
uh, at plus three. So those five legs together, it would pay out plus two, four, three, six. So that that's uh, that would be pretty wild if if we were to get five out of the six uh, this weekend. I am staying away from the Buffalo one just because that that is too many points in a playoff game. Even though ref, having referenced uh, how big favorites tend to do in the postseason, I'll, I'll leave that one out of this one. So we'll we'll just have a five legger. I love it. You, you always come with just so much more value than me. I'm just, I'm doing these just, you know, kind of just lame six to one, seven to one. And then John comes over the top with a 25 to one or uh, we love it. Uh, all right, let's go to best bets. I'm taking the Rams. That's what, that's where I went in staff picks. I don't want to, to double dip here with, with only a six game slate. I like the Rams. I, I think they're getting points. I think they're the better team. I think they win this game outright. And that was, I wouldn't say an easy pick for me, but that's, that's the one that I feel the most confident about. I mean, you know, all things considered, like I think that the matchup is kind of has me tripped up a little bit. But the the Rams are are the the NFC analog of the Browns, like the one the, the team that may not be the most complete, may have some wacky uh, like things going on with it, but they they strike you as dangerous going into the playoffs. Like they're absolutely a live wire. So I, de- I definitely understand the rationale there, and you, you built out a great case when we broke out that or broke down that game. Uh, for me, uh, my best bet is the pack to stay within a touchdown. Get, give me the pack okay. plus seven and a half. Uh, Dak in the playoffs doesn't particularly scare me. The Cowboys at home does scare me, but the way that the Packers have been playing to, to end this season here, uh, I think that they keep this one close. All right. I love it, John. A- an efficient 40 minutes here. Uh, we blew through these games. We love it. Uh, very much looking forward to Super Wildcard Weekend. I feel like one of the more underrated uh, sports weekends of the year. It's usually not mentioned in the discussion. You know, people bring up the you know, championship weekend, which is great, but we got a lot of games. I think this week and next week are, are my two favorite weeks of the NFL season. So very much looking forward to seeing how these games play out. I'm sure we'll be in, in close communication. Kind of a relief to not have to make circuit picks this week and, you know, not just have my rooting interest be all over the place, sitting back, watching objectively. Your team's got a week off. I mean, you're, you're just – sitting as well as possible. My team's not playing until September. Uh, you know, Nick Saban can't bother weekend. me anymore. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you, you did tweet yesterday that you were legit sad that Nick Saban retired. I, I am. I am sad because he got, he got us one last time. Uh, and and uh, Georgia plays at Alabama next year. I've been planning for five months at this point to, to go to Tuscaloosa next year. And I, I, the entire vision was, was uh, being the, like the, the final stake through, through Saban's heart. And uh, no, he, he gets to beat Georgia and then walk away. I'm, I'm pretty salty about that, but no, all thing all, all seriousness, Saban's the goat, all respect to him. Uh, he's just caused me immeasurable amounts of pain. Alabama's at Wisconsin next season as well. So we will see that, that game becomes uh, maybe a little bit more winnable for the Wisconsin Badgers, but That's that'll cool. do it for us. Appreciate everybody listening along live. As always, you can find the pod archived on the Rotowire YouTube channel. You can always find us on our Rotowire NFL Twitter account. You can find us on Spotify, Apple pods, wherever you get your podcast, John, enjoy the weekend. Enjoy relaxing before the Ravens are back in action next weekend. And looking forward to doing this next week, breaking down the divisional. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. 
Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com 